Hi everybody and welcome. Thank you for joining me today. Special welcome to all our campuses across New Zealand and also into Sydney. If you've got someone near you, why don't you tell them I love your hairstyle. And that reminds me, I wonder where I'm going to get my haircut done again. Maybe in three weeks time. If not, I'm going to have to go back to the days of my youth when I had long hair. It's been amazing watching the scenes across the globe. America is being really hit hard. Seeing those hospital scenes is quite uh, dramatic, isn't it? Quite uh, engaging as well, but awful to see as well. One of the things that really concerns me is that people who are uh, really sick in hospital and some of them are dying alone, family can't visit them. Actually, I know of someone just yesterday or a few days ago that lost their, that died in hospital on their own. So I think that is really, really tough. If you're struggling, feeling low, maybe angry with COVID-19, angry at self-isolation, let me just say that's okay. Bible greats had massive emotions. You think of Elijah wanting to take his life. Think of David, even Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, David, I know, was angry at times. So, you know, emotions are okay. You know, just be easy on yourself. Don't, don't be too tough. I say, give yourself a bit of extra grace and then offer that extra grace to the people in your home and in your bubble, especially those that are closest to you. So this is day 11. My calculation that is about 40% of the way through if we can handle it till 28 days. I read of one person who said my whole identity is tied up with my work. Now I have no job. I can't get out of bed. I don't know how I'm going to get through the next four weeks. So it is difficult for some people and the emotions are running high. Some people are coping better than others. But I want to give you some things that I hope they're going to help you throughout the course of the however long we're in self-isolation. So my first thought is this, uh, make your bed. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> make your bed. Why? Well, because it's so important during lockdown. I said to my wife the other day, don't bother making the bed every day. No one's going to see it. And she didn't agree. She said, hey, no, it's important to make your bed. We can't just slob around. Um, she went on to say, look upstairs, look at your office. It's a mess. There's cameras everywhere, things set up just for these recording. And my desk, my table downstairs, got my computer. There's mess, mess everywhere. We don't need any more of that. I got the message, the bed gets made every day. So maintaining routines. That's what I'm getting at is important during self-isolation. Get up, so get up at the normal time, have a shower, dress well, men, shave. Come on, shave. Ladies, put on your makeup if you normally do. Uh, be diligent, keep the house tidy, and uh, you know, do everything else that needs to be done. That's uh, the normal part of your routine because if you do, you'll feel better at the end of the day. You know, it's, it's a challenging time, but routines, they say, from research, is such an important thing. Do those dishes, I said. And um, Adrian had a really good point about making the bed. When life seems crazy, everything's out of whack, we're in lockdown, you're working from home, we must make the effort to stick to normal routines, at least the good ones. Let me give you a scripture. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24 and 27. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run? but one receives a prize, run in such a way that you may attain it. I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. We are all athletes. If we're gonna win, 
we need to maintain disciplines, especially at a time like this. So here's the question, is your bed made? 25 years of extensive research found some really interesting facts. They found that what you do every day matters. The most successful people follow specific daily routines. They call them rich habits. I like the sound of that, rich habits. That's what we all need. Those who do their chores, keep their living space tidier, tend to make more money. Now listen to this. Those who make their bed in the morning, research tells us, are 206.8% more likely to be millionaires. If you need a motivation to make your bed, you got it right there. See, routines put your mind into a productive mindset. Making your bed every morning, they say, is correlated with better productivity, a greater sense of well-being, and we all need that right now. So make your bed. And the goal for the next few days is develop rich habits. Rich habits. Think about that. What are rich habits? Being tidy, doing the dishes, time with your husband and wife, time with the kids and family. But let me just suggest the richest habits of all, time alone with God, in prayer and in the Word, because that will break you uh, a better, a stronger Christian. And I'm just going to keep repeating what we've been saying all along. You're going to come out of the stronger, closer to God and to others. As you face the coming days, I really want to encourage you, don't depend on your own ability and your own strength to get through this. Depend on God. Why do I say that? Because dependence is power. You have to shift. Shift from depending on yourself because that's all you'll get. And in a mindset change, depend on God. Just say, God, I am depending on you. Dependence releases heaven's power to work on your behalf and to help you through self-isolation, not only help you, help you to excel through self-isolation. So shift away from trusting in yourself. I wonder how many of you need more help. I certainly do. I need a lot of help right now. You know, doing these sermons and daily devotions and, and uh, maintaining prayer meetings and all that kind of thing, not to mention all the housework that I have to do, the, the, the dishes, uh, you know, the clay, vacuuming, uh, making the bed. <laughs> it's just a joke in case Adrian is listening, all right. But I need a lot of help, and I'm sure you need a lot of help as well. So I've got some fantastic news. Incredible help is not only on its way for you, it has arrived. You're saying, what are you talking about? I need help. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. It's found in John 16, verse 7, one of my favorite scriptures. I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. Speaking about the Holy Spirit. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. So Jesus says this incredible statement, like it's, it's, it's beyond comprehension, isn't it? Jesus said, look, it's better that I go. Imagine how the disciples felt when they heard that. Jesus had been with them. They'd seen his miracles. They knew they were okay as long as he was with them when they were in a storm in the boat. He calmed the seas. And then he's saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here, but it's, I'm going to send you something better. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, the helper. I mean, that's, that's a staggering thought that it's better for us that the Holy Spirit is with us. Remember, the Father's in heaven. Jesus came, he went back to heaven, the Holy Spirit came, 
but he's still here. He's the one that helps us while we're on planet Earth. I read of a man who had a vision and somehow he ended up in heaven. It's a true story. And um, he, saw, he knew the Father was there. He saw Jesus and he asked the question, well, where's the Holy Spirit? And I think it was Jesus said to him, well, he's on the earth. <laughs> this was a great man of God. He felt really stupid. He thought, well, I knew that. <laughs> but sometimes we forget, don't we? The Holy Spirit is the one that's still here on earth to help us. And uh, so one of the greatest revelations I think that you and I can ever get, and one of the greatest I've ever got, is a revelation that the Holy Spirit is available to me to help me in every single area of my life. There's no area in which he can't help me, small or great. And one thing I love about the Holy Spirit's help is it's unconditional. It doesn't matter what kind of a day you had yesterday or today. Maybe you yelled at the kids. Maybe you lost the plot. Maybe you've done something. Maybe you had some thoughts that you know you shouldn't have had. And you think, oh, Holy Spirit's not going to help me. Always remember, the Holy Spirit is God. His love is unconditional. And he helps us from the weakest of us to the strongest of us. You may be the weakest Christian. You might think, man, I can't get into this zone. Hold on a minute. I think the weaker you are, the more likely the Holy Spirit is actually going to be available to help you. Aren't we drawn towards helping those who need it most? Well, I believe the Holy Spirit is exactly the same as that. And if you can, over the next few days, weeks, develop a relationship of, of causing or acknowledging the help of the Holy Spirit, bringing Him to help you on a daily basis, and that becomes a reality in your life like it's becoming a mind. Do you know what? You're going to be set up to face the rest of your life with greater confidence. It may be one of the greatest achievements, one of the greatest goods that comes out of uh, this lockdown time is acknowledging and welcoming and knowing how to get the help of the Holy Spirit in your life, which actually isn't very hard. <laughs> All you got to do, you don't have to be a prayer warrior, prayer champion. You don't have to pray for an hour or a half an hour. Just say, Holy Spirit, help. That's it. He's got you. He'll be there to help you. Remember how I said a while ago that I was really struggling? Um, you know, I felt immobilized. I felt, I don't know how I'm going to get through this day. It was the early days of the lockdown. And I told you how I got through. But I didn't. what I didn't tell you is that the first thing I did is I said, Holy Spirit, right now, I need your help. Please help me. It wasn't long, maybe 5, 10, 20 minutes before his help came and I was able to get through this very, very difficult situation. 2 Corinthians 13 and 14 says this, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. What you may not have realized is the word communion there in the Greek means partnership. So you could read that verse as, you know, may the partnership of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Here's a thought. Why do people develop partnerships? Because they know it's stronger. Or they may think, I can't do this on my own. So they develop a partnership. I'm encouraging you to develop a partnership, a real one, with the greatest partner on the planet. That is the Holy Spirit. Yongi Cho, when he was struggling to move forward in his church, you know, that great preacher and pastor, what he did is he said, and God spoke to him because he cried out to God for help. And God said to him, why don't you make the Holy Spirit your senior partner? He'd never thought of that before. So he did that. And as you know, he went on to build one of the largest churches in the world. Now listen, if you can learn to make the Holy Spirit your senior partner, 
your achievement in life is going to escalate to a whole new level. And the good thing is this, he is ready and willing to help any one of us. Doesn't matter who you are, we are all qualified. We just have to ask him to help us. His help is, as I said, unconditional. Isaiah 41 verse 10 is a great verse. It talks about how, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. Don't be dismayed. For I am your God. I will. Here's a promise of God. Word of God is so powerful. God's promises are yes and amen. If you ask him, he said, I will. This is my promise. I promise. I will strengthen you. He goes on. I will help you. There it is. There's the helper. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Why don't you right now, as you're listening, say this very short prayer and say, Holy Spirit, help me today. I need your help. Please come. I welcome you. You're invited. See, the thing is, you do have to ask him because he's the ultimate gentleman. He's not going to invade your space if you don't ask him to. If you don't invite him into your life, into your home to help, he's just not going to intrude. You know, you have to ask him. He has to know that he is welcomed into your place. All right, there's a verse I want to come to right now. It's found in Acts 17, 27. Some of you may know it. And it's, he is not far from each one of us. He is not far from each one of us. Now, it may surprise you that the central promise in the Bible is not, I will forgive you, although that promise is there. It's not the promise of eternal life, although that promise is there. The most regular promise of the Bible is, I will be with you. Wow. Do you need God with you right now? Hey, that's his biggest promise. He will never leave you nor forsake you. See, the scripture teaches that God really is present right here, right now, wherever you are. Why don't you just take a moment and say and acknowledge and say, God, I thank you that you're here. You're with me. You're in my home. And what's more, you will never leave me nor forsake me. Forsake me. That's the most consistent promise of God. I am with you. You are not alone. Some people feel so lonely, but you are not alone. God himself is with you. One of the best things you can do is just acknowledge him on a regular basis. If you do that, you'll, you'll increasingly sense his presence with you. You know, when, uh, when I first read that John Wesley made that comment, he said, uh, and best of all, God is with us. I thought, mm, I'm not sure about that. Now I am sure about that. There's nothing we need more. Our greatest need is more of God in our lives because more of God, with that comes everything else. Comes with that strength, comes with that hope, comes with that comfort, comes with that ability and strength and power to handle this crisis, to handle self-isolation, to ha handle the struggles within your own bubble. It all comes with more of God in your life. You plus God is more than equal to any challenge. It's a winning combination. Let me share with you a great quote someone sent me from Winston Churchill, that tremendous leader. And this is what he said. 
The positive thinker sees the invisible, feels the intangible, and achieves the impossible. Let me put that into a Christian context. The, um, we need to see the, the positive thinker, as, as positive thinking Christians, we need to see the invisible God with us, right? Feel his intangible presence, develop it in our lives. And as we do that, we will achieve the impossible. So we've been saying keeping positive at this time is incredibly important. So the positive Christian, think about this, sees the invisible God, feels the intangible, the presence of God, and achieves the impossible. You and I are called by God to achieve the impossible. Not in our own strength, but in the strength and the ability that God gives us. But we have to be able to see the invisible, to feel the intangible. And this is a great opportunity, I think, to develop that in your life. In Numbers 6, 24 to 25, we read these words. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. Dallas Willard tells a story of this little boy whose mother had died. And he found it incredibly difficult to go to sleep at night. And what he needed was his father to be right next to him. So in the dark, he would ask his father this question. Is your face turned toward me? And his father would say to his little boy, he said, you're not alone. I'm with you and my face is turned towards you. With that, the little fella would fall asleep. Dallas Willard goes on and he says this, how lonely life is. Isn't that the truth? Even if you're surrounded by people, life can be lonely. I feel lonely at times. We all do. It's just the way it is. But Dallas Willard, he says, you know, I want to feel, I want to experience God's face towards me in the dark of night, but also in the light of day. You think of a mum and dad with their newborn babe and how their face is turned towards that child as they're looking at it. There's a smile on their faces. There's a delight in their hearts and their face is turned towards that child. And think about this. There's nothing that parent would not do for that child. Now let's turn that to God. His face is turned towards you. And he smiles on you. He delights in you. And there is nothing but nothing he wouldn't do for you. That is for your well-being and your good. And you know what's better? And I thought about this, what stirred my heart is that God's face turns towards you. His love for you is unconditional. So parents may turn their faces away from time to time with their kids or their baby or whatever because of the way the kid behaves. God's face will never, ever turn away from you. This is the unconditional love of our God. I thought that was just such an encouraging story. And um, so 
you know, I often think to myself, God looks at me, he smiles at me. In fact, once he told me he delighted in me and I just couldn't put my head around that. I thought, oh, I don't know about that. But now I know that his delight, it's, it's, un, it's an unconditional thing. I never deserved it. I never earned it. And so I've come to realize I am God's favorite. Yep. You heard me say it. I am God's favorite. But guess what? So are you. It's amazing with God. We can all be his favorite. So if there's someone near you in your room, just say, hey, you are God's favorite. He loves you unconditionally. And I think that will just encourage anyone that is near you right now. In this crisis, maybe the most important question we need to ask is, what is God saying? And what is God doing? Well, I don't really know the answer to that question, but I have got one thing I want to share with you today. And uh, this comes from a person that I know can hear God pretty well. And the lockdown in New Zealand started on March 20, sorry, March 26, 2020. March 26, 2020. The Holy Spirit said to this person, Isaiah 26, 20. Let me read it to you. Come, my people, enter your chambers and shut your doors behind you. Hide yourself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation is past. Wow. When I read that, I thought, my goodness, that so aligns with where we are. Shut the door. Hide yourself away for a little while. I like that part. Until the indignation, COVID-19 passes. I was quite thrilled really by this and sort of like some indicator of what God might be doing. So then I connected it personally with Matthew 6 verse 6, which says, when you pray, go into your room. <laughs> Here it is again. And when you have shut your door, isn't that what's happening right now? The door's being shut, we're locked in, we're closed away. Shut your door, pray to your father who is in secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So this verse, Isaiah 26, 20, to me suggests that one significant thing, and there's obviously other things, but one significant thing that God is doing and saying to us right now in this closet is, in this crisis is, Go to your closet, shut the door, and spend some time getting closer to God. Wow. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Maybe for Christians globally, one of God's near the top of his agenda in this time of crisis is you shut the door until this indignation is past. COVID-19 is over. Don't stop after it, by the way and spend some time with your Heavenly Father. If you come out of this closer to God, and it's my belief that you will, that would have to be a massive good, off the charts good, that has come as a result of COVID-19. You may even thank God that you were shut away and we had this lockdown for a period of time. Greatest contribution any of us can make in this crisis, as I've been saying, is prayer, because prayer can shorten the length of the crisis. You know, the governments and everybody else, the doctors, they'll do everything they can, but prayer will shorten it, or can shorten this significantly. I want to talk to you about one more thing. 
I want to talk about a thought that I've had of a new bubble for you. You've got your home bubble. Yeah, that's great. Maybe you like your bubble. <laughs> Maybe you feel you've drawn the short straw and you're not that keen with the bubble that you've found yourself in and there's a bit of struggle and there's a bit of tension there. Maybe it's not your favourite people. But there is another bubble for you that I want to talk about for a few moments. Yeah, it's the most wonderful and powerful bubble of all. And actually there's four people in it. Yeah, I said four. So this bubble is you and God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's the bubble, the best bubble of all. It cannot get better than that. People can be taken from you, from your presence, but God can never be taken from you. He can never be removed from your bubble. We've been saying connect, connect, connect with others. People need it. Maybe a bit more important than that is connect, connect, connect with God through prayer, through the word, through music, online services. This bubble of you and God, I want you to think about this for a moment, was the original design for mankind. It's what God always wanted from the very beginning. Adam walked with God. It was his bubble. Eve walked with God. That was her bubble. Moses walked with God. Abraham walked with God. David walked with God. Paul walked with God. That was their bubble. And out of that bubble, out of developing that bubble that basically we're talking about relationship with God, everything else flowed so powerfully and so effectively in their lives. That's why they became significant men and women of God. God is taking us back to the beginning. If we can get this right, seriously, it will be the most wonderful thing for our, each of our lives. Because within this bubble, as you develop it more and more during COVID-19 and after that, as you get that bubble right, as I said before, with it comes everything else. Comes hope, comes comfort, comes strength, comes peace, comes fellowship, you know, comes power. Uh, whatever obstacle, whatever challenge you face in the future, if you have this bubble in place, your relationship with God, you are set up, seriously set up for the rest of your life. Nothing on the planet could take you out, if you like, that you'll be able to get through uh, victoriously with God's strength and God's help. You and God are an unbeatable combination. So can I encourage you to think about that bubble, pray into that bubble and ask God to help you. It's not that hard. You might think, wow, that sounds really out there. That sounds really spirit. No, no, it's not because God is right there with you. It, it's, some people say it's hard to develop a relationship with God. That's a lie from the devil. You're made in the image of God. You're created with phenomenal capacity to develop your relationship with God and get to know Him. It's in your DNA. It's how God made you. You made, as I said, in His likeness. So you're like God. He's a person just like you. So this is not an impossible thing. And don't think you have to 
pray massive, extensive prayers. Just begin to acknowledge God. Begin to acknowledge Him in your Bible and your Bible. And just say, God, I really, really want to develop this relationship with you more than I've ever done before in my life. And if you can do that, wow, that would be a fantastic achievement. So let this crisis, let COVID-19, let shutdown and all that comes with it push you into God and take your relationship to a whole new level and set you up in the best possible way to face the future with great confidence. And isn't that what we all want? May God bless you and take care. As you've listened today, maybe you don't have a relationship with God. You've never given your life to Jesus. You've listened in on the sermon and thought, man, what is this bubble all about? Remember the greatest promise of scripture is God saying, I am with you. And whoever you are, whether you know Jesus or whether you know, don't know him, this is available to you. As you invite Jesus into your heart, ask him to forgive you of your sins. We call it being saved. The reason we say that is that we're all sinners and sin cannot enter heaven. So we need our sins forgiven. So when we pass from this life, we'll go to spend eternity with God in heaven. And so it's not a difficult thing to do. It's, it's an easy thing to do. Ask God to come into your life. It sounds a, it's a massive result. You know, God himself becoming a part of your life, saving you so you go to heaven, but also coming into your life, into your bubble. So you and him can walk together through the rest of your life. Look, I would hate to do life on planet Earth on my own. It's just too, too hard. There's too many challenges, too many struggles, too many battles. I need help and I need not just the help of man, I need divine help. The way you get divine help is by asking Jesus into your life. So if you don't know Jesus and you want to, or maybe you've run away from God, you're so far from him, you know today is the day to come back to him. Why don't you pray this very, very simple prayer with me? Just say these words. Say, dear Jesus, I thank you that you love me so much, so much that you even died on a cross for me. So I come to you right now and I confess my sins. I ask you to forgive me. And please, Lord Jesus, would you come into my heart today? I ask this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, we'd love to help you. So why don't you press the button on the screen. If you're watching on Shine, then please do contact them or you can contact me at info at churchunlimited.co.nz. I want to conclude this message by having a time that we can really just respond to God. You know, it's one thing to hear a message. It's another thing to have a moment with God. And all that I've said, I really want the Holy Spirit to highlight something personally for you what was that one key what was that one or two thoughts that can really help you for the rest of your life to 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 know God and have his presence with you and have his strength with you so we're going to sing a great song I love this song it's called the goodness of God and you know one of the things that we've been saying right throughout this time is that Romans 8 28 he works all things together for good so as we sing about the goodness of God let that minister to your heart but believe to have a moment with God Believe for his presence to touch you. So wherever you are, across this nation, even overseas, why don't you stand right now and we're going to sing this wonderful song together, The Goodness of God.